0: hello and welcome to Civic Sparks the show where we talk about all things civic and civic tech civic advancement. I have with me today a great individual Dr. Jonathan Reichenthal who is here with us live. Jonathan, welcome.
1: Hello, hi there Brent. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing wonderful. thanks for, uh, thanks for coming out and, and spending some time with us tonight. Of course. So uh, as one question I start off asking with all my civic yes, I just want to know it's a little bit more about you and what drove you to be so passionate about the public sector?
1: <laughs> it's kind of a surprise, actually. I, I, uh, I didn't uh, go out of my way to pursue this passion, but, it, you know, life is not a straight line and it happened and, and uh, now I'm deep in it. Uh, I, I think... Um, You know, I've always been interested in government and particularly how it functions. I've been always interested in how cities work. And then I had a headhunter find me in, uh, uh, I guess in in late 2010 and maybe early 2011. And you know, she said, "Hey, Jonathan, would you be interested in working for City?" And I almost said, "No, thank you," and I, you know, hung up. Mm-hmm. But I said, "You know, let's let's talk about it. You know, tell me more." Uh, and and it, it was the city of Palo Alto here, the birthplace of Silicon Valley. And I thought, "Hey, if you're going to be a head of tech in a city, and uh, not a bad place to to be and to, to play with tech firms and try new ideas." Uh, but the big surprise was that. You know, I, I was all in on helping the city uh, improve its services and its delivery to the to the community, and you know I did that for for seven years, you know, two three hundred percent all in. But I also uh, got curious about other cities, and other cities were curious about what we were doing, and I had the opportunity to to visit other cities and and talk with city managers and mayors and CIOs from other communities. And I just, I just fell in love with it. I I just realized, Hey, you know what? Our future belongs to cities. And as a problem solver, there's, there's lots of issues that we need to go after. Um, there's, uh, uh, there's so much room for new ideas. Uh, I I couldn't think of a a more interesting, rich platform in which I could contribute and make a difference in the world. And well, the the rest is history. I I went on this journey and and now we're doing cool stuff.
0: Now you're now you're one of the top minds, if not the top mind, in, in, in smart cities. Um, so just, just for fun, since you are uh, one of the big guys, I know you – you do you know who coined the term? I know I don't particularly like the term. I know you don't like the term. All of our colleagues don't like the term. It's it just – it, it kind of says, well, was it a dumb city? No, it's not. Now it's not a smart city. So did, just out of curiosity, do you know who coined that term? You wow.
1: know, I, I – w- <laughs>
0: At this point in my life, I should know the
1: answer to that, and and, and, and uh, I, I wish I'd put aside some time to research it this afternoon. Look, um, the broader point is, uh, I'm I'm not as uh hung up or interested in in the title um i'm interested in outcomes Uh, i'm interested in improving the quality of life for as many people as possible um so if the term stuck and and it seems to have stuck that that's the one we have to live with uh i've been using smart communities uh recently i i have sort of migrated uh in fact if i'm if i'm more uh, clear it's uh smarter and more sustainable communities that's really uh, what I how I talk about it now uh, because earlier there was the future cities and there was uh, our issues of sustainability what I didn't realize was these topics uh, massively overlap uh, you can't have one with the other without the other um, so uh, as long as we're focused on the right things I, I'm not sure that it matters uh, I know that IBM at some point uh, you know they they uh, they had something to do with, with the branding of this space, uh, but uh, maybe somebody uh, wiser than me and, and perhaps with a little bit of research, we could find out the origin of
0: the, of the term. Yeah, well, we'll have to dig into it and see what we can find out. I'm going to go research it tonight after we're done, in fact, (laughs) and see if I can. (laughs) So, you you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, smart cities, it's the whole concept, right? That is like, we evolve, right? As we go along and we want to make communities better and create a better quality of life. What about urban resilience and how that fits into the big picture? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I I just got back from Europe. In fact, I had the uh uh, great privilege to, to do a very a quick, a whirlwind tour of Europe, uh, both talking about the future cities uh, and also uh, promoting and selling books and, and doing some book signings. I've got a, a few books on this topic now, as you know. And uh, one of my talks was called um, uh, S- Smart Cities are Resilient Cities. Uh, so, so this is a topic that is... Um, very near and dear to my heart as it is, and it should be for our our cities. Um, Look, look, we're, we're entering a a really deep period of uncertainty. Uh, There's uncertainty about where uh, global economies are going. Uh, There's uh, challenges, uh, particularly around uh, our climate emergency. Uh, and and the, the shocks that it will create uh, whether it's uh, more severe storms or more precipitation or uh, greater longer droughts um, sea level rise um, interruptions to our you know our, our food ecosystem um, uh, then there's you know big issues like uh aging infrastructure and um you know how do we how do we solve some of the great uh problems around transportation and Healthcare and access to education. So, um, you know, there, there's a heck of a lot of things that we we uh, that that are ahead of us that are problematic and need to be solved. Um, and there there are going to be these uh, shocks to the system um, as we go along through this disruption. We didn't anticipate a pandemic. We got one. Uh, we're going to get beyond this one. We may get another. Right. Um, so, how can we bounce back? I mean, that's what resiliency is about. Is we Sort of look out to the future and uh, evaluate, uh, you know, the, the 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 different levels of risk that each of these different shocks might have. Um, you know, how can we best prepare? And and knowing that some of these things are going to hit anyway, how quickly can we can we bounce back? How can we make sure that we don't confront significant flooding, um, or we continue to exacerbate, you know, the divisions of society and the and uh, not make our communities. Uh, uh, not inclusive you know we we've got to work to yeah. to drive positive change in these areas Bridging that, um, digital so yeah
0: you
1: know, well that that's that that's well getting internet to everybody we we learned that during, uh, during the pandemic um, and you guys in uh, Chattanooga have done, you know, a uh, model work in that, that, you know, we, we all learned a lot about. Uh, but you asked me, you know, uh, about resiliency and they go together. I mean, if, you're, if you don't have a resiliency strategy as part of your smart city strategy, you, you ain't smart. There, there's, no, there's
0: no smart community uh, work being done yet. You've got to bake that into it. Right. And what are, what are some of the challenges that we're faced with creating those smart communities and, and being able to drive that message home?
1: Mhm. <laughs> multi-dimensional. Let's just put it that way. Uh, the 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 challenges are are uh, are, are long and, and difficult, but uh, that that shouldn't stop us. Um, you know, when you when you think about the the great cities of the world, the, the cities that are doing important work, um, you, know, you think of Helsinki, perhaps. You know, uh, you might think of in Tent- Chattanooga. You might think of. Um, uh New York city uh Singapore, right Melbourne, uh, dubai uh, Abu Dhabi at some point you're going to run out of city names because you, you won't know what other cities are doing that the reality is we're at the beginning of this uh, uh this journey and the vast majority of the worlds cities uh have to have to get on board so the question is well, well why aren't they yet and and uh what what will it take um you know at the end of the day To to start this thing, you've got to have a progressive, open-minded vision for what your community can become. Um, And you have to recognize the essential role that technology is going to play in in delivering that vision. Uh, The private sector has realized a long time ago, every private sector company is a technology company today. Tech is at the center. Um, Cities have been slower. To, to recognize this and part of it is leadership. Is, uh, 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 you know, er, I was earlier today, I was in, uh, on an interview and I, I was asked a similar question and I said, you know, uh, we, we can't blame mayors and city managers uh, if they don't know what they don't know, right, They we, we, we've got to help them and, and other decision makers, obviously the entire council or, or governance structure you have in your community, you have to help them understand what the possibilities are. We have to create the art of the possible um and then uh demonstrate what can be done we we have to be able to experiment uh, and then fundamentally deliver uh results um look uh it, you know if you're a city manager or or a city leader watching this now uh you know i'm here to tell you you're not going to solve 21st century problems with uh, 20th century solutions uh, right. it, it ain't got, it ain't gonna work um, so we we need that uh the list is long i i think i think the spirit of my answer there is probably enough for now, given the time we have together.
0: Right. So is this part of that, what you call the fourth industrial revolution, you think? <clears throat> well, you, you, I've been
1: in innovation about, you know, about 30 years, actually. I've had a variety of roles uh, that uh, required me to, um, uh, you, you know, this, this was not an academic exercise for me. In many of my roles, the question is how can you continue to add value, you know, uh, be bold, take risk, reinvent things. Um, and, and so I, have been close to the topic, particularly as it relates to technology for all this time. And, um, there, I, I can say at some point, you know, in the nineties, two thousands, even, you know, early 2010s that there was sort of a sense of where things were headed. I really could tell with my team sort of what were a big, uh, shifts that were occurring and you sort of monitor those, you, you, uh, experiment, you, you, you participate, you, you make some bets and you, you move forward. What was happening was, and, and, and lots of people were sort of recognizing this at the same time, there seemed to be sort of this, this, this chaos that didn't exist before too many things changing at the same time. Um, and, and it, it sort of like was what, what's going on? What, what's the pattern here? What, what, what is it that's happening to the world? And uh, I really enjoyed the work of uh, the World Economic Forum in, in describing sort of the period in which we are living now as the opening years of, of a fourth, a new industrial revolution. Each of the prior industrial revolutions radically changed the world, uh, you know, significantly altered the human experience. And now we're entering a, a fourth, uh, what appears to be a fourth, uh, that will also uh, change the game, change the experience. The the other side of this revolution will look very different from, from this side. And, and a big part of this is the rapid urbanization uh, of the world. You know, uh, just you don't have to go back very far uh, to to you know the last decade or two, where you know the world had seven or eight mega cities. These are cities of 10 million people or more uh, fast forward just a few years. And today there's 35 cities in the world with 10 million people or more. And that, and that's going to grow uh, 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 the number of those cities in that club is going to grow rapidly in, in the years ahead. Uh, in 2008, we went from an ur- uh, rural planet to an urban planet. You know, we're now about 55% urban, and that's going to also grow uh, rapidly in the years ahead. So uh, we have this sort of a massive change in how we live, work, and play, and the platform that for that the 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 core where that's going to happen is in our cities. Um, so the fourth industrial revolution and cities, uh, you know, they're pretty closely tied together for sure. It'll roll out in
0: our cities. And there's a lot of cautionary tales and, and pitfalls ahead of us, and we can learn from history, I guess, and, and hopefully avoiding some of those. <laughs> that's a Great segue into your book. I want to talk about your book for a second. It's sure I, I have my, my copy here, which is oh, look at that! So, um, but just real quick for everybody who's watching and, and listening, um, be sure to pick up a copy of Smart Cities for Dummies by Jonathan. And I've read through about half of it now and it's, it's a, it's a decent read. I like it. I've got a lot of good information in there. Um, what can, uh, what can people expect and who did you target for this book? <laughs> well,
1: you know, the dummies is tongue in cheek, right? I, I would have wrote this book. Uh, I would have, excuse me, I would have written this book, uh, for, uh, under any brand, but uh, you know, the, the, uh, the dummies, uh, brand is the is the largest reference series in the world. They've sold 250 million books, so they're pretty successful, right? Um, so when when Wiley approached me and said, "Hey, we we uh, we want you to write a book on on the future cities," I was enthusiastic because I I've, I've wanted to get you know my uh, ten years of experience you know and and observations down um, in in a document, and so uh, later on they said, "Hey, how about we." We do it under the Dummies brand, and I said, "Cool, that, that's awesome. It's immediately recognizable. We we have an immediate audience, and and that's going to really help with the with the mission here." Um, for me, this topic is is not a job. You know, th- this is not about you know deploying some fancy tech and walking away. Uh, I, I, this to me is about changing the world. This to me is about building a better world for everybody. It's about quality of life. It's about um, more opportunities for people in, in in every part of the world. It's about more inclusion. Um, it's about a cleaner environment. It's about a healthier world. Uh, it's about you know slowing down climate change. So, uh, yeah, this book, what people can expect is you know a set of some guidance and and some best practices. Um, when I was writing it, uh, the, one of the decisions I had to make was: Do I write it? Uh, about America, first First of all? Do I write about the USA? Do I write it um, through the lens uh, of, of America, like uh, American cities? And I made a deliberate decision. I said, no, I'm going to write a global book. I'm, uh, this book has to be about cities in Asia and, and in Africa and Australia and, and, uh, and, and uh, South America. And of course the united states which is uh, featured uh, We're in, all in, in, this in the together, book so that makes sense <laughs> we really are so i you know i think if you if you buy the book you're going to get a little bit of history of uh, where we've come from uh, you're going to get uh, a good sense of uh, where things are right now what's the status in sort of you know 2020 2021 uh, or the you know the, the first few decades of the 21st century but it also is a is a preview a potential preview into where cities are headed um, and so I, I definitely talk about things like art, the role of artificial intelligence and autonomous vehicles and robotics and even blockchains in there and, and a whole lot of other uh, uh, interesting tech uh, that, that city leaders and, and CIOs like yourself and, and even vendors. Uh, you know, the ecosystem is pretty huge, actually, for, for this topic, as you know. Um, so the last thing I would just say, people can expect um, a practical guide. This is not theory. Uh, I did I, even though I am an academic, I didn't want to write a book that was purely sort of interesting uh, to have you know, nice read and put away. Actually, this is a book that uh, you can follow it and or, or go to the section that you're interested in and then um, uh, execute on it. It gives you the steps to
0: actually do the work. That's awesome. Well, I can't wait to get to get, get through all of it. I might take some notes. I'm actually taking notes now. I'm going to probably put to use here in Chattanooga. Um, but you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned blockchain for a second, you know, does blockchain technology have a place in the public sector, and how and, and why do you think? It does a
1: growing a growing role. Well, it, blockchain is in its early stages. Mm-hmm. It, whilst the notion of distributed ledger has been around for some decades, it only comes into its own, you know, in two thousand and eight uh, with the uh, with the paper proposing Bitcoin. You know, a, a cryptocurrency a di- digital money, uh, you know, internet native money. Um, and you know, that was pretty cool. 2009, we see, you know, uh, the first really, uh, widely adopted and viable, uh, cryptocurrency. Um, but I always say this, and it's, you'll see it on all my videos and writings and stuff. Um, what Bitcoin was the star uh what really emerged in the years uh, after it in, in 2010 and beyond was the underlying technology that the actual database system, this distributed ledger that makes it work um, that we call now blockchain. And you know whenever there is an opportunity to improve um, the, uh, the the storage, and the exchange of transactions over electronic systems, um, blockchain can be just one of the things you consider. Like so, um, what what most uh, uh, technology leaders uh, will quickly recognize is that um, the existing you know client server architecture we have uh, will work just fine for for most of our needs. Um, and uh, it, there will be times though where uh, uh perhaps uh this alternative approach uh that that you know re- relies less on people much more on code to ensure trust and, and integrity in transactions they will say well maybe that's the right way to go you know maybe uh this is uh, a nice alternative or, or it offers some novel benefit um so you know there, there's a lot of experimentation in all the industries around blockchain um and even the, the crypto elements of course um the full-blown production examples are, are not as uh, you know um, numerous yet. Um, you know the state of Georgia, uh, not this not I should say the nation of Georgia, not the state of Georgia, right. the nation of Georgia over in Eastern Europe. You know they have um, they they now have it as their main repository for real estate documentation um, in the city of uh, Dubai. Uh, a lot of government transactions have been migrated to to blockchain uh, t- technology, um, but here in the U.S., also in in, in some states, there's uh, legislation that was put forward to at least explore uh, where the, the where value could be gleaned, um, things like. Uh, uh, how, how can we better manage birth certificates? You know, so uh, they're, they're, uh, the, the storage of birth certificates, the integrity is high, the ability to retrieve and move them um, is maintained in, a, in, in an appropriate manner. Uh, that's been an area that, that has been uh, interesting. Um, but I think we shouldn't lose sight, though, uh, of the fact that uh, you know, uh, cryptocurrency, the currency itself that runs on blockchain, is giving you know uh, cities uh, a lot to think about um most recently uh, you will we you may have seen that the the very progressive innovative mayor of miami um, who wants to make miami city a, a real us hub for blockchain and cryptocurrency innovation um he has uh, rolled out something called miami coin uh, which is a cryptocurrency for the city mm-hmm. and uh what 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 happens is members of the community can, can buy uh, you know uh, Miami coin and the, you know they convert fiat currency into this Miami coin and then that money is used for city projects for improving the city and you know if you're a holder of that coin the value may change and, and so there's a there's an investment opportunity there it's like investing in your community in a very uh, seamless way a new
0: way to issue bonds. <laughs> A way.
1: It's a, it's a, it's like a, uh, a democratized version of right. that. That's right.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So uh, given that technology and everything else that we've talked about, where, where do you think smart cities initiatives will be in, in the next five years? Do you think we'll, we'll have flying cars or, and, and parking spaces that will, that will talk to your car and things like that? <laughs>
1: well, we already have flying cars, uh, yeah. you know, or no cars so at all. We, <laughs> Well, cars aren't going anywhere soon, pardon the expression, you know, they, they, um, uh, you know, combustion engine cars will be with us for a while, um, but certainly uh, we
0: are. (laughs) I'm a car guy, so let my Dodge Dart, I want my my Dodge Dart to to be. Yeah, I
1: think, I think you can feel okay about that, you know, it'll be a few decades, I think, before uh, the significant uh, transformation happens, and it will happen, Um, you know, we, you, you can't ride a horse down an interstate in the us today you know if, if you were galloping on the i95 or something or <laughs> i10 with it with a nice horse i think i think the police will probably pull you over and uh, in the future you won't be able to drive a car uh, cars will drive themselves um and and we'll look back and say well i love driving a gas powered car so i'm gonna go on the weekend i'm gonna take a." Like, uh, you know, choose a car and and drive uh, on a track somewhere, just like you would uh, to, to drive, you know, to ride a horse on the weekend. Right. Um, so you know, self driving cars are going to happen. Electric cars are going to uh, pick up um, in in the volume of sales. Uh, that's a that's a good news story. Uh, in fact, we won't own cars in the future. Uh, we're, we're we're coming to the end of car ownership, and uh, so if you have a child that's maybe one or two years old or you know a child that is one or two years old um, it's very possible that they will never learn to drive and they will never own a car Uh, hard to believe now but uh, the evidence suggests we're, we're trending in that direction um, now, there are flying cars and, and uh, they're they're kind of experimental. I, for full transparency, I'm an investor in a flying car company here in Silicon Valley. Um, and, you know, it, it's the real deal, it, it's coming. Um, I don't think it'll be for everybody. You know, it's going to be expensive. The, getting the cost down to, to to make flying cars something that everyone can ride in it seems uh, uh, very restrictive right now. But we'll see, of course, where, where things head. I think in the next five years, we'll just see a lot of acceleration around digitalization. Um, there's still a lot of work to do to convert the millions and millions of analog transactions that uh, take place in governments uh, all over the world. Uh, it's still very paper-driven in, in a lot of societies and a lot of cities. Um, we, we can do, the, it, it's a multi-trillion dollar opportunity to move people uh, from paper uh, to, uh, to apps and, and online processes. And and I would anticipate that those online processes uh, will be highly AI supported. So, you know, uh, today, if you want to um, carry out some activity uh, with your city, let's say, I'll use the easy example, you need to, um, you want to install a new kitchen in your house, you want to upgrade your kitchen. And this, uh, you know, there's some permits um, required, there's some approvals, local government has to have to participate in. And today, that's generally very hard. You know, it's a a number of phone calls, it's probably a visit, there's some online stuff. Um, I can see within a few years, uh, you know, you go to the city's website and type in, uh, you know, I I want to uh, upgrade my kitchen, uh, tell me how I do this. And, a, and an AI driven bot is going to kind of walk you through it. Um, and you'll get right to the end without ever interacting with a human. It'll be seamless, uh, uh error proof, um, low cost and, and pretty fast. Um, that that's where we need to be thinking, you know, city staff can, can work on much more complicated things on policy issues and, and a lot of different things we, we, we ought not to have people doing uh, very routine administrative work, um, that, that. Uh, absolutely uh, computers automation and ai is going to do much better than us in the
0: future and i think you uh, to your point I think that's going to be a generational thing as well because, you know, you've got the, the – the, I'm, I'm a millennial. Um, I assume that you are as well. Uh, we're, we're in the same generation. <laughs> a little older, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we, we, we grasped the technology a little better than, than our parents did. But, you know, but I think I find myself with my kids, my 22-year-old doesn't even want to drive, right? Because back in our day, a driver's license, that was freedom. That was getting out of the house. That was, you know, talking, you know, <laughs> talking to your friends, going to the mall, doing what you had to do. But, you know yeah. – Nowadays, they're they're so ubiquitously connected through technology that they don't want to drive. They want, you know, my kid wants to Uber back and forth between campus and, and home. They don't want to. They don't want to mm-hmm. get in a car and drive. Um, my kids, even now, my younger ones, they're they're saying the same things. Like, well, maybe I'll drive. I don't know. So, I think <laughs> I think a lot of that's going to be generational. We're going to see that zeitgeist that change over time towards that. So, you know, sp- yeah, I think you're right. Sp- speaking of the future, I want to I want to touch real quick on something that I have been enjoying since you've, you've put it out here and that is your newsletter postcards from the future. What's, what's the, what's, what's the, the, the point behind this, what started this?
1: (laughs) Well, thanks for, um, you know, putting a spotlight on that. That, That's actually very kind of you. Um, uh, so uh, part of the answer to this question is answering, you know, who am I, what do I believe in? And, you know, if I look at my career, Particularly the last sort of ten to fifteen years, it turns out I'm an educator. Uh, it turns out that I'm passionate about education. Whether um, I was a CIO or you know then running my own company or you know, then obviously being a professor and, and teaching is fully engaged in education. In all these roles, uh, what I have got a lot of joy from is is teaching and helping others be successful. I also benefit and love learning myself. So of course it goes both ways. I learned a lot from my students and and anyone I work with. Um, So fundamentally I'm an educator. And and so if you think about, you know, the fact that I uh, am teaching at universities, I am running workshops, I do a lot of keynote talks um, and workshops all over the world. I write books now, and uh, talking of education, uh, I got my children's book <laughs> first in the world—the Exploring Smart Cities activity book for kids, first book yeah. about smart cities for children. That's awesome, and. Um, and so, a newsletter is like another channel for me to educate uh, and to bring awareness to uh, important topics. Now, you you, you follow it. I'm, I'm again. I'm, I'm so honored that you do that. Thank you for that. You'll know that a lot of the topics are are city centric. I mean, it's really about. Uh, how do we build better communities, Um, some of the great ideas, but also it's a way to sort of talk, to share what I've been doing um, and other ways to learn about this topic. So a ton of conference links, a ton of videos will, invariably this talk, this video uh, and this podcast will also show up on the postcard from the future. Um so it's a way to build community and reach more people um you know I'm, I I think we I think we've hit 7000 subscribers and uh, I have a very high open rate on on the uh uh on it so um
0: yeah, it, I 90, would I would argue I
1: subscribers <laughs> Look at that <laughs> Hey here's a challenge here's a challenge uh, I'm I'm on Brent's uh show today can we get that over 7000 you know it's it's funny because people, the number goes up and down, you know, some people will unsubscribe. So <laughs> it, it probably made to 7,001 7, at some point, and then of the last a few months, whatever, uh, maybe 15, of, uh, or, you know, plus or minus. So it, there it is, is, it is, ladies
0: and gentlemen, a challenge been thrown out by Dr. Reichenthal. Let's get this, uh, let's get this newsletter over 8,000 <laughs>
1: subscribers by the end of the week. How about that? <laughs> It's not boring. Let's put it that way. The I will say this. Uh, I, you know, I get the invitations to read a lot of newsletters, and it seems to be uh, somewhat trendy right now. Uh, but uh, I can't read, you know, fluff. I, it has to go straight to the point for me. So I've written it like I would like it. So if if you want to scan through it and learn about in this case for example uh you know clean tech and the relationship with smart cities boom it's right there and then you can learn more with the with the links that are there it so, so thanks for spotlining int- that
0: yeah it's very informative and entertaining <laughs> but you go, you go you go beyond that you're an educator so of course you've got a bunch of linkedin learning courses that are that are great i haven't had a chance to look through some of them but i know um i know you do that and are you, are you planning on any more coming out anytime soon I am. Yeah, no, th- this is, you know, this has been a funny, like a wonderful
1: uh, surprise in my life. I, I, I guess I have a few surprises that have happened, um, uh, often positive, a few few that were not positive. But um, I was asked a few years ago through an existing sort of working relationship I had with somebody if I would, uh, you know, create a course for LinkedIn Learning. And I, I knew about it at the time, by the way, it was called Lynda. You might remember Lynda.com. Yep, sure do. Um, then became LinkedIn Learning, and, and then Microsoft bought it, and and uh, but they kept the the brand as it is, and, and uh, they they run it fairly independent, uh, even of LinkedIn. It's pretty cool. Um, I, I just incredible bunch of people, amazing folks in Southern California running this thing. Uh, a lot of Hollywood folks, and and uh, just people are passionate about education, uh, and a real focus on quality, and I appreciate that. And so I did this course, and I thought, you know, that was nice. I had a bit of fun, and didn't think much of it. So this was really kind of a side hustle and uh, just another way for me to be an educator. But then it was successful and they asked me to do another one and then another. And, and as you can see, I built up quite a catalog over the last few yes. years um, of things I'm really passionate about. And it's it's a big success. You can see there, uh, uh, yeah, the blockchain basics, for example, uh, it has a, a three hundred thousand learners. Three hundred thousand learners there yeah. that have taken that course. Uh, third of a million. Now that's only the LinkedIn Learning folks. They also had uh, stats from uh, Linda that didn't necessarily uh, come, come when across they changed, when they yeah. 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 Um, there was some retweaking on the number system, so uh, I believe the number is, is probably a, more like half a million. But collectively, if you look at all my courses, about uh, well over a million students. So I'm, I'm really really proud. Um, I just released, um, uh, I mean, two of the most novel courses I just released. One was on GPT-3, which is uh, an incredible uh, new technology related to artificial intelligence. Um, I write these courses, by the way, for everybody. You don't have to be uh, tech, uh, you don't have to be a technologist to understand it.
0: I'm trying to help everyone understand these hard tech. That's going to say that's good. That's good for people like me who try to explain blockchain technology to politicians and why we, you know, it's just, it's, it's good that you do that. Thank you for that. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no, no, I, I, you know, there's a bit of a theme here. I definitely, um, like, uh, to teach the way. Um, that I like uh, to learn, right? So um, there's nothing worse than sitting in a class or, or going to a course where, um, you know, the, 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 the instructor speaks over you or uses terms you're not familiar with. Um, I just did a course on NFTs, non-fungible tokens that have been kind of uh, grabbing our attention these last few, few months. Um, so what I'm doing now, and you asked me, I mean, I've got several new ones coming up, uh, but one of the things we're doing, which is really important, uh, and I knew we'd have to get there eventually, is we are revising the courses, uh, the older courses. Uh, so as an example, uh, I, one of my most popular courses is on data governance, uh, but it's six years old, and, and data governance is, continues to evolve. There's new techniques, new tools, uh, new best practices, things like that. So I just did a brand new one, basically data governance, you know, uh, for 2022, it's, it's come out and, uh, and I, I just recorded a new version of the blockchain basics course, which brings blockchain basics, up to, uh, up, to yep. up to date. You, you can see there, I think you were highlighting the, the dates. Yeah. Like for example, there's exactly. the beyond the basics. Yeah. That one is next. I'm, I'm actually working on that right now. This one, um, and July 27 also. Yeah, so four years, so it'll be almost five years uh, when the new version comes out. Um, So we're doing a lot of refreshes and um, I'll have some announcements uh, in the next few months about some brand new uh, technologies that I'll be covering.
0: That's awesome. Well, Jonathan, I really appreciate you coming on the show with me this afternoon and talking about all this wonderful stuff. Again, I want to give a, a, a shout out to everybody. Make sure you pick up a copy of Jonathan's book, Smart Cities for Dummies. It is in all your favorite bookstores, uh, ebook I th- as well. I think.
1: Yes, the, the Dummies book is on the, is
0: a, is an ebook, a very popular ebook. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, Jonathan, thanks again for being on the show. We hope to see you again soon, and you and I will definitely be in touch. Thanks, Brent. Um,
1: by the way, thanks for doing this. You know, we we need uh, more and more platforms uh, to talk about the good stories happening in our cities. To, Absolutely, you know, that's, that's the whole that's the yeah. whole point of this
0: to try to try to try to get these, these 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 messages out there and highlight great folks like you who are doing a good job of going out there and, and and trying to make that happen. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That's our show for this week. Join me in two weeks when I speak with Jonathan Feldman, the CIO of Asheville, North Carolina, about leadership in the public sector. That's where it's at and where it's all going. We'll see you in two weeks.